0: Hello, my name is Katia González. I'm responsible for the fraud, the security, and the advanced analytics activities here at VIX. As far as I'm concerned, fraud is an international matter.
1: Catherine Speglia, and this is Well Technically, the tech podcast where women do the explaining.
0: Hi, Katya. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you very much for having me here. It's a pleasure.
1: Before jumping into our conversation around stir-shaken and the impacts, it's had or not had on robocalls and texts and for operators, Uh, I have to ask you the question I always ask, which is what's an example of a time in which being a woman has empowered
0: you? And and that's a very difficult question, actually. Um, I think that the core of all the empowerment I I have uh, comes from my personal life. Uh, My family supports me. My husband uh, supports me in everything I do, and uh, and I think that builds a lot of that in-built uh, empowerment that I try to carry along with myself. Obviously, uh, I'm lucky enough to live in Europe, even luckier to, to be in Belgium um, and, and Wolf of Beaks. Um, I have actually, I have to say, I have never felt I am empowered, stronger than anybody else just because I'm a woman. Uh, I'm not either pushed back on anything because I'm a woman. So I I think I'm given the same uh, level playing field. Uh, You know, I have the same opportunities, but I understand. I mean, I travel a lot for work and I realize that's not necessarily the norm. So I I have to say that in any case, uh, you know, we all know that there are some corporate standards and and life biases, uh, you know, uh, that we women carry along. Um, And I think that's, you know, something that um, you need to build your own uh, strength, unfortunately, and your own uh, resilience to, to cope with all that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely the hardest question I ask. (laughs) I get
0: it. Let's go to the easy one. (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, most of the other questions are about what you do on the... uh, Yeah, I have a cat here. I'm sorry about that.
0: (laughs) I have a dog here, you know.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he he looks pretty ridiculous. Oh. Uh, So... Let's get into those questions that are a little, a little easier. So, drawing from your experience and BIC's data, how have roll calls and texts, like, how have they changed or trends around them, I should say? How have those changed in the past year? And what countries are most affected by spam communications and why those countries? Oh,
0: uh, you know, when, when the pandemic started, I think we had a situation that was very, Um, binary, Uh, you had U.S. or North America uh, with a lot of robocalls, it was already the big burst. Um, There were also other countries, maybe a little bit less known because, uh, I don't know, there's less communication, less focus on them for whatever reason. Uh, Brazil already had huge issues in in terms of robocalls, China had also a lot of issues. And and also other countries in 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 Europe and, and Middle East mainly, uh, just that it was less well known. Uh, again, for many different reasons. At the same time, uh, in Europe, we started to have a big burst on all kinds of SMS fraud. Um, you know, especially smishing or well. Uh, what is called in North America now, Robotexts. So that there was a big burst uh, here in Europe. And over time, over the period of the pandemic, little by little, uh, we started to see how these, um, there was a globalization of these issues. So robocalling was now, um, little by little, now it's no more an issue only in North America or Brazil or China or, or you know, any other country. Everybody has got an issue with these. And the same happened with um, smishing or robotext. So it has expanded. Uh, so globalization is something that is uh, a real matter when it comes to fraud. So trends, uh, I mean, or new threats may arise in, in one specific region, but it, if it works, We can be sure that it will spread. Uh, So, And and this is what has happened. So the feeling we get now is that um, we keep on seeing the same level of robocalls in North America. Brazil keeps on being a huge uh, uh, problem land for robocalls still. Europe, well, uh, we have different kinds of robocalls, maybe not in the same form as in North America, but certainly we have a lot of um, one kitty attacks, spam calls in general, phishing attacks. Uh, The same is happening in Asia in general, not only in China. And again, it's expanding. Uh, When it comes to SMSs, SMS fraud, it's again the same now uh we see that north america is being hit quite hard fcc is even now considering uh, more than considering is, is uh even consulting now in how to extend the regulation they have for robocalls to to uh embed the robotext issues um and and uh i mean it, Everything is global, the frauds are global, the spam, be it on voice or SMS, uh, has really uh, reached a pandemic (laughs) level. Um, So the the difference, I believe, is that there is much more awareness. There are many um, individual and non-coordinated initiatives run by different actors in the, in the ecosystem, regulators on one side, um, operators on the other side, intermediate parties like uh, international carriers such as VIX on the other hand. So everybody's trying to do a little bit to or as much as uh, they can to uh, you know, uh, get control of the situation and mitigate the impact of all these threats.
1: Yeah, well let's talk about the situation in the US specifically because I yeah, yeah. you know I noticed you said you know at least the texts are on the rise there um and you also mentioned the policies that the FCC has implemented around robocalls and the FCC is reporting that robocalls are on the decline which is something as a consumer I have noticed a little bit I do seem to get fewer spam calls but you know, they're saying they're on the decline because of the newly implemented stir shaken policy, which for my listeners, um if you go and listen to episode forty two, that whole episode is about what Sir shaken is and why it's valuable. But Katya, for you, I know that you've been somewhat vocal about the policy not being as successful as implied by the FCC. So can you tell me a little bit more about your
0: position on that? Um, sure. Um, so, of course, I look at things mainly from the international angle uh, because I work for uh, an intermediate wholesale uh, service provider. Um, the activities that we run at the I3 Forum are focused on these international intermediate parties' activities. So, this is what I see uh, and what I can refer to. So. As far as I'm concerned, fraud is an international matter. Uh, It's very hard, if not impossible, to control uh, fraud attacks, uh, telco fraud attacks, of course, uh, only considering the national angle. Because not only from the start, uh, there have always been robocalls uh, generated from Abroad overseas, the US, um, but also because you know the nature of any regulation is to oblige the national parties to comply with our regulation. But then, what happens with anything that happens overseas? How do we control that? Um, and, and what we see uh, is that. We don't see, so we have started to uh, take a hard stand also on the international angle, like blocking robocalls, um, uh, running analytics, and we were already doing this even before the um, FCC robocall uh, regulations. We haven't seen a drop on these attacks. Obviously, we block them, but we see the intents. We see that, that, that you know, they keep on trying. Now the the, the, the Stir Shaken may have a very good control on the you know whether a CLI has been or not manipulated as soon as it reaches the US. But nothing guarantees that the CLI had not been manipulated prior to that. And nothing guarantees that when the CLI is certified or uh, authenticated that it was a good CLI from the start, that's the problem of uh, of what happens uh, right now. So we are missing the international angle where we keep on seeing a lot of threats, uh, on robo-text and robo-calls. And uh, I don't see how the regulation as it is Without being coordinated with international parties and with other regulators, can can get hold of that.
1: That makes a lot of sense, actually. So I can see why that's holding the policy back. Another thing I was wondering about that might be a challenge is is stir shaking costly for operators? And you know, let me combine these two. Kind of, is it costly for operators? Why are why not? And should the FCC penalize the operators for not adhering to the, the stir Shaken protocols?
0: Again, I can only pronounce myself from the international angle. So he, uh, I believe it would be uh, unfair to be very blunt on this uh, to penalize the international parties that do not implement stir Shaken. Why? Because let's say BICS. Uh, decides to implement their own shaken and that any traffic we collect from any country in the world and that we send to the US uh, carriers, we certify, I mean, we we sign the, the calls and, and we authenticate the CLI. It's worth, I mean, the value of that uh, signing is worth nothing because we don't know what happened before we we got that call. So in the best of the cases, we could uh, authenticate with um, authentication level C. We are not the ones issuing the call. We are not the ones owning the subscriber or the customer that issued the call in the beginning. So we can at best authenticate level C. So that means that a carrier in US would get a uh, certificate level C. And then what does it mean? Uh, he wouldn't know uh, that the CLI is really valid or not. Um, he, he cannot uh, derive from that that the call is legitimate or, or the call is a roll call. Uh, so I think it, the, the cost would be quite important for, for let's say, just in the example for Biggs, and the value that it would bring is very, very, very limited because the call does not originate in Biggs network and because the call can be already arrived to Biggs with a spoofed CLI. So in some instances, it may have a a sense to implement Shaken. For the international parties, unless there is international coordination between the different regulatory authorities and that there is some kind of coordinated, consolidated approach, at this point, it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So if not stir-shaken, though, (laughs) what types of solutions do you recommend or foresee the industry resorting to
0: again not an easy one despite what i said in the very beginning <laughs> uh, um, so i have been pledging for collaboration in the industry for many years now um, i keep on doing this but i think the collaboration has to be more coordinated at this point so the 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 level of threats and the nature of the threats that we have in the ecosystem has changed. Um, Fraud is not anymore uh, a matter of voice services or uh, messaging services. So uh, there's a mix of everything. Uh, So it's important that we reach a point where we are able to define rules and strategies that are uh, more comprehensive across services. It doesn't make sense to have different rules for one service uh, versus another one, uh, because it made, it, it's also a matter of complexity for the operators and then cost also for the operators and, and the carriers. So I think we need to try and make things reasonable uh, to make them easier to implement and more effective. And uh, getting back to a collaboration, um, so at the I3 Forum, we are starting to work on on um, a kind of consortium where we uh, want to be able to leverage on on our position, neutral position. So it's nothing to do with a commercial position. We want to federate um, the different parties active in the ecosystem. So this is operators this is the intermediate carriers and gateway providers but also the regulators Uh, they are an active part in the ecosystem especially nowadays so we need to be able to federate and coordinate it doesn't mean that all regulators need to do things in the same way but it means that we need to find a way where the initiatives that are taken in each and every country are somehow coordinated and that can co, uh, coexist and work together. Um, and, and in that sense, the intermediate parties are a little bit of the glue uh, between all these national initiatives. So we are starting to work on this. It's, it, it's difficult, first of all, because um, it's a very diverse ecosystem. There are many different parties with many different interests. And this is why we need to have some neutral perspective there. So again, we don't want to make this a commercial matter uh, because otherwise, you lose that neutrality. Um, So we are working on it because there is no bulletproof uh, solution. Um, There are many technical solutions. Many are very effective. Others may be better for one uh, situation and not for the other. But uh, we need to find a way to to have all these ecosystem uh, better work together. Otherwise, we're going to keep on having you know regulations that um, get out there with obligations and that need to be tweaked and retweaked and re-retweaked and and we get some half baked uh, solution that eventually does not meet the expectations while uh, the costs are important
1: yeah thank you so much katia for this conversation uh, i i think what you're saying makes a lot of sense that this needs to be framed from an international perspective which is of course hard you know the fcc can't do that alone as you articulated in in your last answer so thank you so much for coming on the podcast and and talking to me about this and providing an update about how Sir Shaken is going and how the rest of the world is faring with robocalls and texts thank
0: you you're welcome so just to say one one more thing actually